and it felt amazing like it felt amazing um I just really loved it um felt so healthy and felt so glowing and then whenever you have a miscarriage it's like everything sucked out of you like it just felt like everything was just like you know all of the like blooming growing mother nature body was like depleted and deflated and so there's the physical like deflation and then there's the emotional deflation and then it's like I can't my body isn't even working properly like my body isn't even doing what mother nature is expecting me to do. Welcome ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Matt Brown and you're listening to the Every L Podcast. Each episode we'll have a different guest come on and talk about when life hands you an L, is it really a loss or is it something else? Because not every L is a loss. So sit back, relax or do whatever you guys do to get comfortable as we get into this. Let's go! Hello everyone, thank you very much for joining me to another episode of Every L Podcast. Well, Every L is not a loss and we're going to talk about it at length. Sometimes you get things that come your way and you really, really, really want it and it just doesn't quite materialise the way you want it to or the doors close when you actually applied and it can leave you some sort of way. Here we explore when those instances happen to individuals and then what you felt, how you navigated that space and understand now you look back at it what did you gain from that, if anything? Um, today, I have a fantastic guest. She, her name is Ola. She's a fantastic individual. She's all about social media. And she's just got a pleasant aura about herself, no pun intended. It's just because she's out there. She just unapologetically herself. Her situation with her and her family is very unique compared to those around her. But she's not willing to just rest on her laurels and just accept it for what it is she's willing to encourage change in a positive way not just for her and people that look like her but for people who also have a need for representation so I'm absolutely honoured and so super gassed about this um thank you very much Ola for coming on how are you doing today that was such a good intro I wish (laughs) I could get that intro every time I enter space really good thank you so much for coming for inviting me on and I'm so happy to be here genuinely so thank you no, much appreciate. Um, yeah, that was the fact I didn't start to tell you is true. Um, I just want, please introduce yourself in a way that you feel comfortable for before we jump into what your L is you would like to talk about. So my name is Orla McKeating. I am an entrepreneur, I'm a coach, and I'm a speaker from Belfast in Northern Ireland. I co-founded Still I Rise Diversity Storytelling in 2019 um, on the back of a TEDx talk I did about the stigma of single parenting and race issues here in Northern Ireland. And I spoke a little bit about representation in that talk and I or the lack of representation. I'm a single mother to a mixed race boy. And I kind of realized only when I had him that there was such a massive lack of representation of 
families that look like ours and characters and heroes that look like him in books and the impact that might have on him um, and other marginalised groups. So we set up Still Our Eyes and we offer story sessions and workshops to encourage children to learn through stories and have conversations about things not typically talked about in storybooks like um, disabilities, race issues, LGBTQ plus issues, mental health, immigration and more. And so it's creating those spaces that's kind of the bulk of what I do. Um, I'm also a coach and a mentor. Um, again, I work with marginalized groups and yeah. So basically you do everything. You're Wonder Woman. I feel like I don't do enough, but yeah. <laughs> I do everything. It looks like I do everything whenever <laughs> you look at my Instagram stories. But yeah, that's the main thing. No, that's fantastic. Um yeah, don't worry. We'll cut your details at the end of it and I'll put them in the show notes. So if anyone wants to follow you, then feel free to because the work that she does is absolutely amazing. And all I can say is when you surround yourself by people that are actually doing positive things, fulfilling their dreams and trying to encourage positive change for all the right reasons, it encourages you to understand all the great things you can achieve as an individual. Not to sound cheesy with the Michael Jackson song, but it is The Man in the Mirror or Woman in the Mirror. Don't know why I said it like that, but you know where's going with it. Um, because ultimately, the, the only time change is really going to take take place is when the person in the mirror is actually going to be the one to take the first step towards changing the narrative, changing the situation. And yeah, I'm surrounded by a lot of amazing people as my guests on our podcast show. And obviously, if you know me more so, you know the people I surround myself with. Just good people, good vibes, and very encouraging. So every L podcast let's get into the first first L um there might be two we don't know we'll see how it runs but the first L that all I would like to talk about and this is a very sensitive topic for a lot of people but we've agreed it's quite a much needed copy that needs to be discussed and it is around miscarriage yeah so my one of my L's was lifesaver and I mean, they're not two words that would be aligned normally at all. Um, but I experienced that last year and then hit a massive low and kind of didn't talk about it because it was very early on in the pregnancy. And then on the day that the if the pregnancy had continued, the baby would have been born. I did a post online about it. And I just kind of opened my whole heart and like opened the trap door and everything fell out and it was really beautiful like it was really was like <laughs> it was really sad but it was so beautiful it really came from my heart and um so many people got in touch with me like so many people Matt and they were like yeah me too me too me too my inbox was like it's it's one of the like it was crazy so I was like why is no one talking about this because the whole thing was this happened I didn't know anything about it it was COVID, so I just kind of was told to just go and, like, bleed out, essentially. Um, and I did, and then it was kind of that really empty, confusing, like, you're grieving for the life that you would have had, you're grieving for something that you didn't know that you wanted, but you really did want, and then, is it okay to grieve? It wasn't actually a baby, like, is this selfish? Like, it sells, you know, that kind of, all the all the different conflicting emotions that come with it and I suppose the lack of support and now the NHS is absolutely incredible and it's amazing but they're overrun they're overworked and you need to actively seek out the support and 
I was, I have the privilege of having access to a therapist. I have the privilege of, you know, I work for myself. I can do, I can go for run. I can go for a walk. I, you know, it was just me and Elliot and I. So there were times and it was like running out of the room to cry and running back in again. But I had support. What about the people who don't have support? What about the people who carry that for their whole lives and just don't talk about it? And that's problematic because it's just adding to the stigma of it. And, you know, I suppose my whole kind of purpose is creating trusted spaces to have these conversations, to, to see each other and to feel seen and heard. And I don't know if validated is the right word, but just for someone to be like, oh my God, yes, I understand. That's it. It just feels like there's just a weight and having that connection and having that support with community. Isn't it about like just kind of sharing those feelings and like people who suppose creating those connections are always online like a lot of it was online with people who I didn't even know and it was like is this ever going to get better and they're like yes it will get better but you will you'll just get used to it type thing and I didn't think it would and it does it really really weirdly surprisingly gets better yeah um and I'm sure there's people sitting somewhere well there is like a lot of people and then the same's happening and where do you go with that like where do you go and that's where I find Instagram really helpful you know for even just reading about what other people are going through and seeing how other people deal with it because no two people are the same and every situation's the same and it's heavy like it's really really heavy no definitely that and I thank you for talking about this topic because it is very it is very sensitive. It's very heavy. It's all of the above, but it is a it's a conversation need to be had because um, my wife and I were talking. Like we we just had our twins, and you know the, the process of having twins is absolutely amazingly stressful. You get a scan every four weeks unless they are sharing the same placenta, at which point you have a scan every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the NHS, you know the appointments don't really run to the appointment times. It can normally run over. So that can cause some issues between yourself and your employer unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And if you're a dad, you're only allowed, or at least for my company or my organization, you're only allowed to have two days off for special leave. And that meant that I would have missed out on a lot of my appointments with my wife. So it meant I had to use, I had to work additional hours in order to bank those hours so I couldn't take time off to go and do it. And with the cost of living and the fuel price going up, it was just ridiculous. But you do what you need to do to make these things happen. But my wife and I were talking and saying about how complicated life is, the pregnancies, the the you know the chance of going into NICU and whatever else. And you're discouraged from sharing that with people that are, just becoming pregnant because you might scare them. And then you feel like, but if I was better equipped, I might've been able to deal with this in a better and more healthy way because I wasn't, I'm potentially dealing with this in a very negative way. I'm locking myself up and I'm feeling like, Oh, woe is me. All of this has happened to me. It's a very personal thing. And real in reality, it could be the most common thing on your street. You just got to open your mouth or, you know, open talk on Instagram like you did and find out other people who have also gone through that. Question for you is, did you plan the pregnancy or was it a happy surprise? It was a happy surprise. Nice. Very surprising. <laughs> Very happy. Yeah, surprise. Mm. And then when you had the happy surprise, 
what was the emotion going through at that time? Was it that you was in a stable relationship? Things were work like if things were to go to full term, all the boxes were ticked. It's like, do you know what? I'm calm. I've got this. If this happens, could happen at a better time. I'm good. So uh, yeah, like I was in. Uh, I'm not going to speak about the person. That's fine because out of respect for the person. Um, but yes, absolutely, in a stable, settled, committed, happy, exclusive relationship with someone who, yeah, you know, whenever it happened, it was like, okay, so yeah, this is great. This this is going to be amazing. There was lots of plans made. There was lots, I mean, lots of plans made um, about the future. And it was kind of like, in my head, I was like, oh, I finally arrived. Because like, see, being a single mom, like... You can I'm very independent. So I'm very like, I can do this. I'm fair doing this. I control of everything. I'm, I run my home, like I run my business. I try and meal plan. I like have a routine, I have a schedule, know what's happening when. But there's kind of that part of me. And I don't know if it's society's influence in me. And it's just like, God, wouldn't that be amazing to like live with another adult? Or like you have two ages coming in where you have like an emotional support animal, where you have like, a connection, companionship, where you're not, you know, I mean, I rarely, I mean, sometimes I get lonely, not too much, because I have quite a busy life, and quite a fulfilling life, but sometimes it's like, God, that would be really nice, and so there was very much that element of it, and like, we were really in love, I think, um, and that was a lot of the grieving process for me, so it was kind of like, well, I'm grieving this, but I'm also grieving this life that I thought was going to happen. And like, why did it not happen? And why did this happen to me? So it would have been, and I genuinely think had it continued, I would be sitting with this person with the baby. Yeah. But I think, Matt, either of us would have been very happy. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Do you know what? Like it is, but I just kind of feel like, and it's very much the lifesaver aspect of it. You really need to hit rock bottom to come back up. And I, and this is going to sound like pig cheese, but like I just came back to myself because I just got so lost in like the grief and the disappointment and the confusion, the frustration and the anger as well. Because I was seeing all these people around me and like they had families and they had babies. And it was like seeing Zara Royal had a bit, Rihanna. Sorry, I'm getting pregnant. I was like, this is so unfair. <laughs> but you know what? That's okay. That's okay. And I think there should be a space and there should be, we should all kind of, we're entitled to be like, I'm so happy that you're pregnant, but I'm also really angry and I'm really disappointed because I want that too. But I fully support you and I love you and I love your baby. And yeah. um, it's just the way life goes and life throws shit at you. Like, I think you know, the only real constant is change. Like it just never really ends up the way you expect it to be. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. It really doesn't. And I just think the work that I've done on myself in that six months. So we broke up like six months ago. It's been the hardest, like the hardest, but the most amazing because I'm so fully aware of who I am. I'm fully aware of my standards of my expectations of my even expectations of myself what I'm willing to put out to the world what I'm willing to invest my time in my space in my son in 
And I needed that time. I, I really needed to be in that awful place and use the techniques, the lifesaver techniques to be able to manage life because it's not going to be the last awful thing that happens to me. <laughs> you get a limit of stuff thrown at you. Something else is going to happen. Nope, that's my quote for the lifetime. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, like, this isn't, like, my bad thing. Like, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. It would, it would be amazing if it was. But I think it is just kind of finding the tools. That is true. And I, I do like that. Um, my question for you is, how many weeks into the pregnancy was it that you had the miscarriage, if you don't mind me asking? It was seven weeks. It was really, really early. Wow. It was really early. We found out really early. And like, as soon as he found out, it was like, oh, it's amazing. And like, I obviously felt it. I genuinely felt prego. And it felt amazing. Like, it felt amazing. Um, I just really loved it. And felt so healthy and felt so glowing. And then whenever you have a miscarriage, it's like everything sucked out of you. Like, it just felt like everything was just like, you know, all of the like blooming, growing mother nature body yeah. was like depleted and deflated. And so there's the physical like deflation and then there's the emotional deflation. And then it's like, I can't, my body isn't even working properly. Like my body isn't even doing what mother nature is expecting me to do. And I do wonder, actually, you know, I'd love to hear what other people who have experienced this think, you know, is that just kind of my thoughts on it? Do people, you know, not even know they're pregnant for two months and then they think it's a period? Like, I want to hear more stories where people feel safe enough to talk about them, about the experiences, because... So, like, normalise a conversation. Exactly, and reduce the stigma and make it okay to be able to talk about it, you know? Um, it's an experience. It's a really, really hard one, but, like, one in four, I think. Yeah, something like that. Some crazy... Either one in four, one in five, something like that. But it's crazy high in yeah, terms of... like, no one's talking about it. You know, you go out to your local fish and chip shop and literally those people in the queue, you're looking at at least one or two of them have potentially had it. Yeah. And you think, what? It's wild. It's wild. Like, it's just wild. Um, but, you know, some people just aren't really prepared to talk about it. People deal with everything so differently. Yeah. And I don't. I just need to, like, sit with it and then I want to talk about it half because people who have raised awareness on other issues has really helped me get through things and I just kind of want to pay that forward and yeah yeah it's just important for me so did you tell your son that you was pregnant no is that because you was concerned about how it would impact him yeah yeah wait, yeah I didn't I just wanted to wait until everything was fine and yeah and does he now know about the miscarriage he doesn't so that's a very Bambi and Ice situation, really, isn't it? So he's nine years old. He will, you know, I'm sure we have, we're really close. We talk about everything, but it's not, you know, it's just not something I want to share with him now. Like, plus he would be absolutely gutted, like, so. And I get that. And I think it's important that 
you're honest about that with yourself. And this is coming from a guy who will never personally have carry a child and will never personally mm. carry that feeling of potentially having life within me and then no longer. Mm. But for me, I can appreciate where you're coming from in terms of you've built up such a fantastic bond and trusting relationship with your son that, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, because you have to process the information, you put, you might have processed the majority of it, but you're still processing some of it. Mm. And you're like, I'm just not ready for that conversation. I'm not ready to open Pandora's box because I'm from obviously the things I've seen on, on social media and stuff, he's a very intelligent child. So mm. once you give him something, naturally he's going to keep going and going and going. Yeah. And some of these things you've kind of, haven't answered the question because it's not a question that concerns you at this moment in time. You're you're at peace with it. The what ifs, if that makes sense. Yeah. But he might want to say, but mummy, what if, what if? And then that might stir up feelings and emotion in yourself that you wasn't prepared to face or you didn't want to face for all the right reasons. Yeah. But it's just something that, yeah, I, I, I for me, I feel like I get it. And plus, he just would love a sibling, so he yeah. went straight on it like, "Oh, but why don't you? But why don't you? Why can you not?" And I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm not equipped. But um, yeah, definitely not yet. Definitely not. So neither. Do you think that you are alone in terms of not wanting to tell your son or any other child that person might have if if you are go through that similar situation? It, like, do you mean like it, feeling isolated or feeling lonely or? Well, not wanting to tell another person, whether it be your child um, or a family member, because you just don't need the additional questions or. Exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think in the very early, like when it happened and the week after, it was just kind of like, I mean, I told my bestie and obviously. I told the guy that I was going out with at the time. Yeah. It was just kind of like, I don't even want, you know, you get people. I, I actually was supposed to speak an act that night. So I did actually tell quite a few people. And there was a lot of, oh, no, but it might not be. It might just be fine. It will be fine. And I know that's the best intentions in the world. But I knew it wasn't. Like, I knew it wasn't fine. So it was like, no, I, I, I know, like, thanks, but like, it's fine like it's not happening like yeah but you could just do this and it might just be that and I was just like no like totally like it's definitely not um and I think the more the most isolating part then was after you know people check in on you for two weeks and then I did tell obviously my mum and my sisters um but then after people just kind of stop asking you like were you okay like which is normal and then you're just kind of like, well, I was just kind of like, why am I not feeling okay? Why is this still, why am I waking up at three every morning? Like literally I was going through a phase, Matt, of waking up at three every single morning. I have this amazing therapist. And um, I used to see feathers everywhere as well. And like, I do believe in some of this and I still see feathers quite a lot Um, of, you know, whenever there's a death or a loss that a feather is meant to represent that person. And I know okay. it was a pregnancy, not a baby. But I would see feathers and like find this really weird comfort in it. Now I have feathers and four pillows and a quilt in my room. So like it's maybe not the universe, but I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was okay with it. 
Um, and just kind of having the privilege of having a therapist where I was like, I don't even care about money. Take my money. Talk to me every week. Listen to me. And, you know, just being able to like talk to someone who isn't emotionally involved, who isn't going to give you their opinion, who isn't going to over worry about you, who isn't going to like just someone who's just like, maybe you should stop looking at your clock when you're waking up at three o'clock in the morning. Cause then I started to Google like, what does three o'clock in the morning mean? <laughs> and it apparently means like, <laughs> it's like, it's the witch in her. So she was just like, you know what, Orla, like maybe like you've got a lot going on in your mind. Maybe like, don't look at your watch, <laughs> keep your watch out of the room. But, um, so it was that kind of part where it was really isolating. And then obviously the duty, it was horrific. It was just horrific. It was the worst. Um, and I think that was like a really important milestone because it allowed me to let go of the life I thought I would have. Like I carry a lot of it here. And I, I was listening to Mylene Class talking on uh, a podcast the other week and she was saying that the DNA whenever you have a miscarriage stays in your body. Have you heard about this? No. So I don't know if you add links on at the in the podcast or but basically the DNA stays in your body. So you're always connected to your ba- your pregnancy or your baby or whatever that was, which was so beautiful. And there's so much comfort in that as well. Cause it's kind of like, well of course I'm holding on to this because it was a massive like yeah it was really difficult and it was really massive and you know so that milestone of getting past the due date then it was like okay so that was the big milestone I've dreaded this for months that happened I survived it's still painful and then it just kind of transitioned into the next step of this was terrible but the life I have now is pretty good so I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and at some point I might get back to me I might you know feel great again and I do like it's June and I do I feel really good I'm very aware of like my feelings and how I feel and I journal and stuff to make sure that I'm not just busying myself nearly into convincing myself I'm okay but I just feel like I've processed a lot um haven't cried about it in a while uh and it's just something I'll carry you know Do you think you dealt with it in a healthy way or an unhealthy way? I think I dealt with it in a healthy way whenever I became single because I didn't feel like I just knew I had to do it on my own. Like I had to get through it on my own. So what I did was get up at five. So we were talking about this before we come on. I get up at five every morning. I kept my routine. I get up at five anyway, Monday to Friday to do work. I kept that routine and made sure that I ran three days a week. I went back to sea swimming. So whenever I was pregnant, I didn't do hot yoga. I didn't do sea swimming. I could have, but I didn't. And I've done hot yoga for like eight years. I've done sea swimming on and off for like three or four. And I went back to that. My mum and dad take LA every Wednesday night. I went out on dates by myself. I went to the cinema on my own. I just sat and watched movies on my own. I had my therapist every week I cried a lot like a lot I just bawled my lamps out I 
cried voice notes to mates like all my friends I have an amazing inner circle of friends and they just flipping looked after me like my two best friends like me and me book Amsterdam like for my 40th nice whenever my bestie and I were planning I was like here I don't even want to celebrate it like I just don't just no let's do this let's do this and I was like okay well and then finally we decided Amsterdam and I was like oh. and they literally like organized all this stuff like I'm so grateful so uh, knowing that the support is there yeah and also being so aware of every thought in my head probably to the point where it's maybe not that healthy where I have this journal and when I read back in it Matt I think that like it I was possessed because I'm like scribbling like all this stuff all this crazy well I don't like that word but all this like just brain pouring out like all my thoughts all these thoughts that are so negative and and damaging but I needed to do that and so I do think that I dealt with it a lot more healthily than I would have dealt with things in the past where I would have in your 20s start going out in the sesh again start dating again busy myself so in my 30s then busy myself with work so work non-stop I had a coffee shop and when I was yeah when I moved back to Belfast I owned a coffee shop threw myself into that and that's the easy short-term solution so do that but then you're just like burying everything it's like a pressure cooker isn't it and so then at some point you just explode and I'm just not here like that's the thing I've learned like I need to go through that like awful pain like that awfulness where there's just no happiness no joy ever to come out and be like right okay so what has worked what do I need to do more of now because shit's gonna happen like yeah things are gonna happen again where I might be in that place again but I know that I have the tools now to get out of it I know that I I'm aware now that if that happens I know how to deal with it I know that I have the support I know what I need to do and then you know hopefully it's gonna be okay it's a really scary place like it's a really scary place especially whenever you have a child yeah on you because it sounds, it sounds like it's something I'd like no one to ever experience. But unfortunately, the world is such a beautiful place because it is filled with so many different people from different walks of life and different experiences. So to take away all those n- not so pleasant experiences takes away a bit of the beauty of life. Mm. And I say that from a place of privilege where I haven't been for it. But obviously, I've been through other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm trying to justify my comment. I, I'm trying to understand as a single parent to go through that and yes you had a support a fantastic network but i my head just can't fathom how you still parent yeah i mean <laughs> and, and 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 grieve like that without my child seeing that i'm not authentic in myself i'm not saying you're not authentic in how you love him and how you care for him and how you you handle yourself but if you are crying if you're waking up earlier two hours earlier than you normally wake up that tells me things are not 100 but remember i do waking up at five every morning anyway yeah but that was the same you wake you normally wake up at five but you're waking up at three before yeah, you're yes 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 i see what you mean yeah yeah, yeah. the watching are um so there were and that's the thing then as well about single parenting and i was talking to someone else about this whenever i'm in a great place like everything's amazing it's fab Elliot's thriving so like he's doing really on school he's doing really on sports he's really he plays clarinet so he's like on the clarinet practicing seven in the morning he's like amazing whenever I'm not feeling great 
he can sense it, obviously. And because I'm the only adult in the house and the only person in the house, he's a bit like I can see that in him. And I think he managed really well as well because I was able to say, and I'm very open about labeling my feelings and talking about my feelings that like, I'm just sad today and that's okay. I'm not going to be happy all the time. Neither are you. And it's going to pass. And maybe I'll feel better tomorrow. And maybe not. But we're going to go see someone tomorrow. And that'll make us feel better for a while. And just kind of having the conversation with him. And also, I had no other option. You know, like, I want to be, I want to, you know, I'm committed to him. and committed to his happiness and and to be present for him as a parent. So that could be another lifesaver that, you know, what if he wasn't there? What might have happened? Might I have then reverted back? To, I don't think this would happen, but, you know, reverted back to party Orla. Would I have thrown myself into work? Like, I had a purpose there to get up. I needed to be there for my son who was there with me. And I get that. I, I, I just, I think, call it manfully if you want, but if I'm not 100%, <laughs> I'm definitely not 100%, and I struggle to do best by my family but I think I'll probably do a good enough job I think as parents it's easy to not be kind to yourself as you should be we're always giving ourselves parent guilt or allowing ourselves to experience parent guilt for unnecessary reasons we think we're all of a sudden because you're a parent you must be infallible and it's like well far from I'm going to probably make more mistakes now than I did before because it's not just me I'm being responsible for exactly but then remember if it was just you yeah you had every yeah you would step up yeah do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I might meet someone, oh, this this is actually a goal. I might meet someone where I have another adult in the house where I can be like, no, I have fear again. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> but now it's like, no, I have fear again. I'm going to try and get to bed early tonight. And that's okay. That's that's my normal. I mean, keep keep having man flu and, you know, come to bed. <laughs> Uh, at the moment, I don't like germs at the best of times. So the fact that I've got freedom in the house is going to just yeah, try. And... You can't be sick. You can't be sick for another sixteen years. Oh, that sounds achievable. Yeah. <laughs> you can do this. Oh, definitely. So I've got a question for you then. You mentioned about going therapy, and, mm. and you said about the money. You know, take your money. Mm. Talk to me. Why was in fit? Why was therapy an option for you? So we, I'm part of a fellowship this year. I'm about to finish it. And we were having a well-being session. And I've been in therapy like my whole life. And when I was 16, I went to psychiatrist. I've been in and out of like CBT. I've been just, but kind of sent by my GP. CBT being cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Yeah, exactly. Where it kind of just teaches you the tools to like manage stuff. And it was fine. Like, I got to talk about myself for an hour, but it was just scratching the surface. It didn't get to the root of the problem. So now CBT is amazing for a lot of people. And it was fine for me, but it didn't solve any problems. So we had been, I'd been on and off with various therapists my whole life. And then we had this health and wellbeing session and I just completely broke down. And the therapist taking it was like, you can, we can arrange a one-to-one. And that was all covered with the fellowship, I think. And then we spoke and she just got me. Like, she just got me. She just understood. She got it. She's a single mom where our values are very aligned. And she just kind of, you know, I think like a lot of people from what I hear and read, a lot of people go and see one therapist and it's like, well, that didn't work. 
I've been doing it for six weeks or even one day or two days and it just doesn't work. Like I'm not going to do it. But like with my therapist, we went right back. Like we went right back to my childhood to see what the crack was, why I thought the way I thought, why my mindset was the way it was, why I acted the way I, why I act and continue. Well, not so much now actually, why I act the way I do, how I react to things. And just that awareness in itself is like, oh my God, I'm not broken. Like I literally, Matt, thought for years that I was broken. Like I thought my brain was broken. Like my brain's just broken. Like I, I, I'm just broken. Like this is it. There's no cure. Nothing's broken. I'm human. Like I'm a human. I experience things. There's trauma. There's things that happen that I just didn't address. There's nothing broken in that. It's just kind of going back to it. And then working out, nearly going back and reliving it a little bit. And then being like, right, well, and also parenting your inner child, again, sounds so cheesy, but it makes so much sense. Like just going back to that 12-year-old who was bullied or that was, in my case, that was quite big. And just being like, oh my God, of course, of course you felt like that. Like, let me be here for you now. Let me be there and accept that now and let's move forward with it. So it was nearly like revisiting all those things. Whereas the other types of therapy that I had been directed to was kind of like, let's find the tools and we can move on. But it was so much deeper than that. It was so much deeper than that. And I talk about my therapist a lot because, you know, I just think normalized therapy. We're not broken. We're not, we're not mental. We're not crazy. We are in a mad society. Like, the society we're living in at the minute in the minute was not designed for us. Like the work lives wasn't like it was designed for one person to go out and work, other person to full-time parent. I mean, you leave work, work's over, and that's it. We are working nonstop. There's pressures left, right, and center. As you say, like the cost of everything has been going up. You know, you're looking at you're comparing yourself to other people online. There's so much going on that like adapting to that, like our brains are just not equipped. So for me, it was very much kind of like managing me, managing my routines and my habits and my thoughts and what I commit to, essentially, on every level. See, I, I, I like that because I've, I've done therapy a few times in the past for a number of reasons. Um, and I find them useful. I, I have this little technique that I use. I don't know if it was probably given to me by my one of the therapists or not but I have like normally five things in my mind that I'm always actively juggling so that not one thing can knock me off my pedestal so if let's assume it's football's on and it, it's well, my team's absolutely poor which they are um I'm not then going to be upset because that's my only focus of the day I've got other things on my mind that I'm working on so that if that one plate stops spinning and cracks I've got four other plates that's keeping me happy that I can focus on. And that's what helps me. Um, for me, the, the the most common misconception that I'm aware of is the cost of therapy being too much. It's a waste of money. I argue that it's not because people could spend money on an array of shoppingness um, just by saying, oh, I'm going to spend X amount of money on these trainers, Y amount of money on this Louis Vuitton bag or whatever. For you, do you feel that the return on investment, return on investment, sorry, for therapy is well worth the payment? You can't even put a price on it. Like, I mean, if she was charging me a hundred quid a session and she wasn't anywhere near that, 
I would have to make it work. And you're so right, because I was saying this to someone recently. I think it's around like 40 quid, 50 quid for a therapist, right? I was paying 40. I just cut down on like getting myself bottles of wine at the weekend, like cutting down on coffee dates, cutting down on brunch dates, literally going to little instead of dropping into M&S or like doing those, you know, whenever you're running out of food and you run into the garage and get the overpriced whatever. Take, yeah, and I know I'm in a really privileged position to be able to say that, like I'm aware of that. Um, But if I hadn't have done that, I just don't know where I'd be. Like, I just don't know where I'd be. So um, it's a really, really tricky one, especially with the cost of everything going up. But I know as well that, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, your, your health is your wealth. Like, it really, really is. Like, and if you broke your leg, you would go to the chemist and you buy painkillers. You would buy dressings for your plaster. Like, you would do that. Why are we not investing in our mental health and our emotional well-being? Because if we don't, it's yeah, it's. So I champion it. Um, yes, the cost of living and stuff is all going up, and if people are struggling to work out how to manage it, the best for me personally, I don't function very well in high pressure situations if I allow them to get on top of me. So I need to learn how to keep myself level headed going into any situation um, a mm-hmm. phrase that I'm very happy to use repeatedly is you can't stop a wave but you can learn to surf mm-hmm. so by me speaking to therapists to understanding what they're telling me and applying some of the tools and techniques that they provide me with allows me to learn how to surf and navigate certain situations that I cannot prevent and I think for people that are potentially feel overwhelmed over circumstances that are coming their way or they're already in the midst of that could also empower them to be able to safely navigate that space to until they can even improve their situation or even allow them to have that calm mindset to be able to see the woods from the trees to say right this is what I really need. This is what I need to do. Um, but that that's that's my personal take on it. So you've unfortunately gone through this not-so-pleasant situation. You've got a fantastic support network around you. You've spoken to a therapist about it as well in terms of it. Unfortunately, your, your relationship with that individual ceased. Mm-hmm. Would you say it's because of what happened or do you just feel that that was potentially how the relationship might have gone because you mentioned that you might not have been happy which for me made me sad because I'm thinking it's not going to just be you that would be sad it would be your son also being sad and we don't want that do you think it was going to be a natural progression and potentially that was going to come to a conclusion sooner rather than later I don't know I really don't know um to know I really I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about the relationship itself. I'd prefer to focus on the miscarriage, but I know it's an important part of it. So I think that for me, having got past the hurdle of the due date, like that was the big thing, and now moving from that, I don't know. I don't know if it would have worked or not. I suppose not. Like... I suppose it wouldn't have because, you know, if it wasn't that traumatic thing, relationships are hard work, like they're hard. So maybe not, like maybe it wouldn't have. And 
And much happier now. <laughs> much happier now. No, that's fine. And the thing is, I'm not trying to probe into your relationship. The reason, yeah. the reason I asked it, it was simply because I was thinking, are you okay with that? Not knowing the answer to that question. Yes, 100%. 100%. Um, Because I I did sit with it quite a lot and it was like, yeah, thank you, yeah. No, I'm definitely, definitely, definitely very okay with it. Very okay with it. That's positive. So my, my question for you then, in hindsight, you've gone through what you've gone through. If it's not a loss in terms of, going through this what is it what did you gain from going through this experience I got to value what I have like massively um and I got to reconnect with me like I just got to be me again and that's on a level of knowing what I deserve and of knowing what how to cope and to have the tools to be able to get through stuff and just to be able to have my own little world again where I'm nearly choosing like what I'm doing with my time and who I'm hanging out with and you know I think with all of the loss that happened there I had so many gains because I refined myself and in that it was my purpose And my purpose is to create these spaces for children and young people to feel seen and heard and valued. And I suppose using your platform today is paying that forward for older people who maybe have experienced what I experienced. And had I not done that or had that not happened, I wouldn't really be holding on to that purpose. It would be a different purpose. Yeah. And I'm just kind of grateful for where I am now because business-wise – and you know what? I say business, it's my life. Like, it's my lifestyle as well. Yeah. Um, it's making impact and it's opening these incredible doors to other amazing people who are making social change and making the world a little bit better. And that's what I'm here for, you know? So there were gains. So what would you say to your younger self if you could go back in time? At the height of despair, when you was going through what you went through, what do you think you would have said to yourself to try and help you hit that, reach that turning point? You are worthy. You are smarter than you think you are. (laughs) You're more brilliant than you think you are. And it passes. Everything passes. Nice. And do you think you'd be in a place to hear that? Then? Yeah. Oh my God, no, definitely not. So how do you think you would have to present that information in order for you to understand it? And the reason I ask this question, just so you understand where I'm coming from, is you might have been, obviously, I don't know what the relationship status was at that point, but let's assume you was in a relationship and or you have people around you that are in a relationship with you and they want to comfort you. They might have the right things to say to you, Mm. but they need to know how to deliver it so that it's not patronising Mm-hmm. condescending they want to communicate to you what needs to be communicated by an inoffensive way mm-hmm. how would you then if you're not then if you're saying these are the things i will say to myself mm-hmm. i then asked you would you in the right place for it? <laughs> no okay mm-hmm. where's the middle ground on this <laughs> how do we get from this is what i need to hear yeah 
but I wasn't ready to listen to it. How do we make that work? I would say I see you and this has been really, really, really shitty. And I'm, I see you. Like, that's it. It's just being seen. Nice. And understood, you know. I think we need to do modules in school about how to communicate because it's like that kind of panic of like, oh shit, what do I say to them? Like, I'm nearly avoiding conversations or just tell them that I'll be fine or I'll just avoid the. Con- and literally, I think that most people just want to be seen. We just want to be understood. And like, you know, for me, the right thing to hear has always just been like, I see you. Like, you are lovable. You don't deserve this. You deserve better and you will get better. That for me is something where I guess I would normally appreciate that phrase itself because I guess I've kind of learned to deal with things my own way rightly or wrongly but I've arrived to where I am today mm-hmm. but I appreciate being given the opportunity to have an insight into what other people may need to hear in order to feel that they're not alone that they yeah. are acknowledged and this is what needs to be said to them in order to feel part of the collective because you can be a lo- you can be lonely amongst a crowd. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And if people don't know that, yes, you can be lonely amongst a crowd. It's not unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I just can't really say how much I appreciate you sharing so much, so something so intimate as well, um, something that's so raw and so recent as well. Uh, personally, I'm run I've run out of time. I would love to have you on another time to discuss mm-hmm. another one if you have if you have another area you'd like to discuss. But I just want to say how much I greatly appreciate what you shared. I greatly appreciate you as a human being for all that you do, for being the fantastic mother, friend, anything and everything you are to each and every person, even the people you get, you annoy. Thank you for annoying those people because they now have someone to talk about. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I just, I, I think it's a very brave thing that you're doing and not a lot of people do want to stand up and fight for representation because they're fearful that they're, rocking the bowl and putting the target on their back but thank you for doing that because there's other people that want to use the voice they have but are scared of the consequence that come their way so thank you very much for that um for all the listeners out there please tell them where they can find you what you got going on this is your time to selfishly plug anything and everything that you're currently doing or got coming up Okay, so investors, invest in my company. <laughs> I'm looking for two million. Fifty-five percent of your business. Wouldn't that be amazing? I know I could. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at the real Orla Veronica, on Facebook at at Orla Veronica McKay, on Twitter at Orla underscore Veron- no Orla underscore McKeating, and I'm also on LinkedIn because business and it's at Orla McKeating and my business is Still I Rise Diversity Storytelling and that's kind of the same across the board and thank you so much for having me on this platform Matt because what you're doing equally is incredible and I met you through MFF and the work that the team there that you all do is just unreal and it's actually kind of helped me realize my biases that I had with men and fatherhood and parenting because 
my son's father was never present and that kind of was tricky for me and I felt resentment towards men for a while and I think like the work that MFF does and the work that you're doing kind of allowing all parents to be seen and nearly validating all experiences on the parenthood journey is massive massively important so that and all the other work you're doing and obviously all the fatherhood that you're doing I feel like somebody <laughs> really gratitude for that because like you know, as parents we don't get thanked do we no but like this is the start of your party like this is your all-nighter now isn't it something like that thanks for the reminder that's always great um, <laughs> so what, if i lived in essex you know that i would be around bringing those babies for walks or bringing avery to the park like a hundred percent that's I fine so much i'd um, welcome it yeah um if i'm ever in essex i'll, I'll let you know please do you and you can and your wife can get a date and and i'll look after the kids and then give them back I don't know. They are super cute. You might not want to give them back. And I'll be like, I'll fight you for them. They're beautiful. <laughs> They're so, so beautiful. Oh, There's the pros you. and cons, isn't there? Every parent in part is different. And like where you are, yep. I kind of look back now because I'm with Elliot. He's nine. I'm like, oh, those newborn years. They were so cute <laughs> and and they need you. And now Elliot's nine. He's like, you're so uncool. Like, don't walk beside me. Um, oh. So, yeah, people do tell you to enjoy the newborn stage. It- and you're just like, I want to sleep. Like, it's not enjoyable. To be fair, I'm very much familiar and aware of my mortality. So I'm not (laughs) wishing away any of my days because I ain't getting that back. I'm just taking each day as it comes. I'm I'm, I'm literally, as one of my good friends would say, live full, die empty. I'm leaving nothing to spare right now. So if I'm gone after today, no one can say I didn't leave it out on the table. It was done. I loved all my children. I did the best I could. If it was my time, it was my time. I didn't hold anything back. So that's how I'm treating it. That is the way. That is the way. Yeah, I would love to come back on anytime. You just let me know. Great stuff. Well, we'll make something happen. Unfortunately, to the listeners, because I have three babies that I have to look mm-hmm. after, time is very much uh, precious to me. It's like it's like trying to hold on to sand in your hand. It just doesn't happen. So that's the situation. But I cannot honestly say how grateful i am that i still managed to find time to get you on and thank you very much for making yourself available to come on um to share what you shared and i honestly believe there's going to be people out there that are going to benefit from it there's going to probably be charities out there who want their customers in quotation marks Mm -hmm. to be able to hear these messages because unfortunately they are maybe not allowed to talk about it but they can signpost other people who are talking about it and that's what the point of this podcast is that People will share all the different stories from different walks of life just to show you that, one, you're not alone. Two, we're all beautifully broken. And three, the worst situation you've been through isn't going to be your last situation you're going to go through. There's yeah. still more that you've got in your tank. It's You haven't reached your quota yet, depressing as that sounds, but it, it still means that when you hit your rock bottom, chances are you find out what you're made of and you can build yourself back up again. Yeah. So, no, thank you very much. So to everyone, thank you very much. I hope you've taken away something fantastic. If you haven't already, jump on all our social sites and find Orla on there. Be her BFF, um, Mm -hmm. sort her out, and recommend her fantastic um, work that she does with storytelling because storytelling is such an understated way of communicating a message to uh, younger people as well as older individuals. And when we talk about diversity, 
unless you're going through that situation, you may not identify there's a lack of representation. So definitely back what she's doing. Um, if you are not personally impacted by what she's doing, I'm sure you know someone within your circle that could benefit from it and just gift it as a present or something like that and spread the news. It doesn't it doesn't cost you anything other than time and a little bit of effort to share the content that she's doing. Um, and that's my little spiel for that. But anyone else, please feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and I'm on Instagram. What am I? Every L podcast on Instagram and Twitter and mainly hang out Instagram. And I've got a Facebook page. It's a bit dead because I can't be honest with Facebook if I'm honest with you. The metaverse is not the one for me. Um, but yeah, if you want to, I'm here. Give me a shout. And I'm looking forward to getting more guests on here soon enough. But thank you very much, Ola. Have a fantastic day and I'll see you again. Every L podcast.